Blog Talk Radio. That's right, it's me, your girl Tracy Brown, here on Behind Your Dollar. And guess what? This week in the Playbook Project, we have a double header. Not only will we be hearing from the lady quarterback, Rush, talking about provision, but we'll also be hearing from none other than Kim Southers as she talks about prosperity. So guess what? Sit back, relax, and grab your pen and your pad and stay tuned for an awesome ride. I'm your girl, Tracy Brown, and I'm here on Release the Word Network. Welcome to the Playbook Project, and I am your host, Tracy Brown, the startup strategist, the founder of the Girlfriend Experience, and yes, that voice at Behind Your Dollar. All I can say is OMG, OMG, and OMG. If you've been joining us for the plays that's been called, you know that you're in a treat tonight. See, last week we talked about how we had to push past the dead weight, and we understood that even an eagle sometimes needs to be pushed. So tonight I am quite sure that Latonya, Lady Quarterback Rush, is in. We are definitely in for a treat. So let me tell you just a little bit about her. She currently resides in Baltimore, and she has over 10 years of experience in managing, coordinating, fostering unique corporate and business initiatives that focuses on growth in our community and in our business. She likes to bring a message of change to society. She also has experience in developing and executing neighborhood youth youth clubs to include teaching entrepreneurship. She's a facilitator of young women for a nonprofit. She's a professional networker, and she loves to bring people together for a common cause. She also has a radio show called A Conversation from the Heart. And then what I like most about, about her is that she's a certified life and business coach, a TV producer, a mentor, a facilitator, and I can go on and on. But the, but the, most, the most thing that hit me really about her, her resume that she sent to me, it says simply this. She likes to bring clarity and transition to the communities and all those she come in contact with. So I would like to introduce to you the lady quarterback known as Latanya Lady Quarterback Rush. The floor is yours. Good evening. Good evening. You made me sound like I was somebody with all that stuff. I forgot I had all that on <laughs> Good evening, everyone. It is truly a privilege and honor to be a part of this Playbook Project Awesome, Awesome Vision, and I'm very humbled to um, be able to participate. You know, I've learned to take advantage of opportunities and divine connections that, you know, God places in my journey, and I don't take it for granted. So, my prayer tonight is because I showed up that God will show up and something will be said that will help someone, um, like I said, to bring clarity, to help with the transition. Um, A little bit more about my name, God actually gave me that name, quarterback. Um, I prayed and asked and he said, um, you know, who is the most important player on the field? And I'm looking at a football game, and I'm like, "Mm, you know, the quarterback. And he asked why, and I said, because the quarterback is usually one that calls the plays for the team in order for the team to get a goal. And that's the whole object. And another thing he said was the quarterback actually is on the field with the team players. So when he had me look back over my life and my vision and everything that he's had me to do, all of my missions and assignments, that's pretty much what my gift and anointing is. So that's how Lady Quarterback came about. If anyone was inquiring, I just wanted to throw that out there. And I'm just kind of clear that up for you a little bit. Um, I don't even know where to start because provision is such it's such it's such a need we all desire 
provision in one shape, form, or fashion. And I love the way that the project is shut up, set up, the playbook project is set up, because all of the facets and all of the speakers on there, we all work together. So it's not just, when I looked over the list, it's like you can't have one without the other. All of them have to work together, and they have to be um, work intentionally together. So you have to be intentional in, you know, what you're doing and how you're doing it. So we have prayer, position, process. We have passion and purpose, uh, plan, push, and now provision. So some of the things I just want to share quickly, what I got um, when I was meditating on provision and if you follow me or if you've heard me speak before, you know I'm a definition person. I have to get a definition. And the reason I put the definition out there is because we all have our own definitions for different words, different experiences based on our journey. So what I usually do is just put it out there so as I speak and as you receive what you need from what's coming out of my belly, we're all on the same vein. We're all on one accord. So provision is the act of supplying or fitting out something that is provided. It's an action or a measure, um, a stipulation or qualification. That was the two definitions for provision that stuck out for me. But then I look at the word provision. Provision is actually made up of a prefix to a word. So pro is an, arrange, an um, arrangement in favor of something, affirmative, consideration, earlier or prior to. That's what pro means. And, of course, vision, the definitions that I love, is something seen or otherwise perceived during an experience, an act or power of anticipating that which will or may come to be. That one was powerful as it relates to vision. It's not just sights or seeing something, but it's the power of anticipating that which will or may come to be. And I think we take our visions for granted. We don't look at them as anticipating that it's going to happen or come to be. We expect it to be because we see it. There's a difference between expectation and anticipation. So when I put it together in my own definition that I came up with, for tonight, provision is an affirmative consideration of an act or something seen, perceived during an experience. Tonight, provision is an affirmative consideration of an act or something seen or perceived during an an experience. So when I think of the word provision, it's not just monetary. It's not money. It's not, you know, ways being made. It's not we're going to go deeper as we look at what we need, as, as we need provision for a lot of different things. We need provision for our houses and our, our finances. We need for our family and, you know, all of those different things on our job, um, our vision, our ministries, our business. We need provision for it. We need things to be provided for it. But if we look at it as an affirmative consideration, of something seen or perceived through an experience, now we're anticipating that those things are going to come, that all of those things will be provided, that there will be a provision made for it. So I, when when I really was like, God, I got provision, now how are we going to do that? Considering since I've moved to Maryland, I've been homeless three times. I've slept in a beauty salon. Um, I'm currently living with cousins, um, lost everything. You know, I moved to Maryland. I've been here for nine years, originally from Chicago. And it was a move because God orchestrated the move. I didn't have to move. It was an orchestrated move to move to the East Coast. All my family and friends are in Illinois, you know, I everyone I met here on the East Coast, I met 
once I got here. So it wasn't like I knew people here. But everything was provided for because it was an affirmative consideration of an act that I did based on what God told me to do. So even though I was homeless, um, I didn't have a place to call my own because um, there are different definitions for homelessness. I wasn't, like, outside in the street. I just didn't have my own. And even though I lost everything, uh, my car, I lost a lot of things, even in that I actually got into an abusive relationship. I mean, it was just a lot of different things. God always provided. I always had a roof over my head. Um, I never went hungry. Um, I did temp assignments, and people on the temp assignments will either feed me or this one lady actually took me in. She said she had an extra room, so I wasn't outside on the street. There was always provision being made, always, because of the anticipation that God was going to do it for me because I did what he orchestrated for me to do. I moved based on what he orchestrated. So I want to leave you all with a couple of things tonight. Um, I was listening to someone, and they were talking about accountability. But as she was talking, God began to speak to me, and he said, these are the same keys that we need in order to get our provision or in order for provision to come about or manifest. So one of the things was submit, accept or yield to something. You can't anticipate or think about provision if you haven't submitted. Then there's accountability. The state of being accountable, liable, or answerable. You have to be accountable to something or someone, whether it's your vision, whether it's your family, whether it's your business, whether it's your your ministry, whatever it is, make sure that there's a, a sense of accountability. And the last is serve. Render assistance, be of use, help, perform duties of, and answer the requirements of. These are the keys that we need in order for provision to manifest. And the challenge that God revealed to me was we're expecting, expecting provision when these keys are not being used or they're not in place. First of all, we're expecting instead of anticipating that it's going to happen. And then we haven't even utilized the keys. We haven't, we haven't submitted. We're, we're prideful. You know, we we think the world owes us something. We we have this ego. You know, we've done all we've done. We've suffered. You know, you know, this is what's owed to me. So we haven't submitted to anything or anyone, and then we're not accountable. We're not accountable, and we're not serving. And when I say serve, I'm not saying serving because you're expected to serve or required to serve, but serving because you want to serve. There's a difference. Um, When I go to a restaurant and the waitress or the waiter comes, you can tell the difference between those waitresses or waiters that love serving and those that are doing it because they have to be able to pay. You can tell the difference. Their spirit and countenance and all of that is totally different. So when we think about serving or rendering assistance or performing duties or answering the requirements, there are certain requirements that we have on our lives. How many of us have actually sat down and thought about the requirements? What is required of me? Now, in order to get that list, you have to be totally honest transparent and open with yourself. You owe no one nothing but with yourself. I did a call um, about self-integrity. We have integrity with everything and everyone else except for ourselves. We've always put ourselves on the back burner. We're not integral with who we are. So we don't even know what our requirements are. What am I really required to do? What, in order for me to answer the requirements, in order to serve in that capacity. 
So the keys for provision or in order for provision to manifest is to submit, to be accountable, and to serve and do all of this stuff intentional and with a purpose. No more haphazardly doing anything. No more just doing it because it's expected. You know, no more just doing it just to be doing it or pleasing people. You know, we all have been delivered from people pleasing, hallelujah. But we still have a sense of pleasing people because we want that validation. We want that acceptance. But sometimes we don't get it. So we we settle or we compromise in order to get those things for our emotions to be uh, stroked or to be settled. And sometimes we just have to step back from that. So I think that's all I have. It was that all that dropped. <laughs> what dropped came out. <laughs> and, um, yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, you know, well, we understand that we need to be accountable. We need to be able to submit and to serve, which are three dynamite and awesome keys. And what I like what you said about it is that everything in the playbook has to work together, or it does mm-hmm. work together, from mm-hmm. the prayer to prosperity, mm-hmm. from from position to to passion and to planning. All of it works. Welcome to the Playbook Project, and I am your host, Tracy Brown, the startup strategist, the founder of the Girlfriend Experience, and yes, that voice at Behind Your Dollar. I am so excited tonight as I've been with all of the plays, you know, from the beginning, from prayer all the way up to provision, and now tonight, prosperity. So, you know, I'm not going to even delay this time. We're going to go ahead and get started, and I'm going to introduce to, to you Ken Southers. Kim is, I like to call her the real estate mogul, but she says she's just a real estate investor, but I consider her to be a mogul. She's a legacy strategist, and she's the founder of the PIP Women Rock Passion into Purpose. So I would like to just introduce Kim Southers, and Kim, it's your turn. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's Tracy Brown. I am Tracy Brown. Girl, thank you so much for allowing me to come and sit on your platform, and I'm honored to be here. I just have to say that, that I'm really honored to be here. I had the opportunity to hear all the plays in OMG is all I have to say, OMG. So I'm super excited to be here. As Tracy Brown said, my name is Kim M. Suttoth. I am a legacy strategist. I am a real estate investor, and I am the founder of PIP Women Rock. That is an organization where we teach, or should I say we assist women in creating a healthy, conscious legacy. That's what we do at PIP Women Rock. So now that I said all of that, all of that stuff, all the housekeeping is out, eh, 
Let's get down to the meat of the potatoes. Hey, wait a minute. I said that kind of backwards, but you guys got it. So today, my word that I have been given is prosperity. And I want you to take a couple of seconds to think about what the word prosperity means to you. So everybody, just I'm just going to have a moment of silence. Okay. So you got the word in your mind, and you got what you think, well, rather what you believe, what you've been told, what you've been taught prosperity is. Most people think prosperity is when you um, – it's about money. It's about the, the man walking down the street, and he's looking really good in his nice tailored suit, and she's looking really good because she got on those really hot uh, red bottom shoes. You know, I was about to say purple bottoms, but <laughs> red bottom shoes, and she's looking the part. So everybody thinks prosperity is attached to money. They think it's attached to Jews. They think it's attached to things that are um, tangible, things that you can touch. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually tell you, I'm going to read the definition from dictionary.com of what prosperity is. Prosperity is success, flourishing, and thriving condition, especially in the financial aspect, good fortune. And so I went and I took the word um, thrive, thriving condition, and I looked that up and it says prosperous and successful or successful. Now, that came from dictionary.com, okay? So that's a, that's a, a world's definition of it. That's a world's definition of it. I was taught that prosperity is wholeness. I'm going to say that again. Prosperity is wholeness. You see, the thing is, is that when you think of prosperity, you should automatically think of God. Hmm, probably didn't. But for the few of you who know what I'm talking about, you got that. For the rest of y'all who didn't get that, you'll get it on the way home, as a professor used to tell me when I was in college. You'll get it on the way home. Prosperity equals wholeness. What does wholeness look like? Let me let me go to the dictionary here. I picked that one up from uh, my ambassador. She loves to go to the dictionary for everything. So that's what I did. So hold, wholeness, unbroken or damaged, intact, undivided, one piece. So I actually found this other um, definition pertaining to all aspects of human nature, especially one's physical intelligence and spiritual development. Wholeness is made up of different compartments. Prosperity is made up of different uh, slices of the pie. Now, don't get me wrong. Finance is definitely a part of it. It's definitely a part of it. But there are other levels in it. And what I'm going to share with you today are the different levels that are in prosperity that make that pie, that make that pie, that make you whole. Because there's the family, there's your faith, there's your finance, there's your health. And my favorite, there's fun. I always say fun is the crust of the pie because fun always works its way into everything. That's just me. I can't help it. I like to finger paint and smile and laugh and, and add it to all those areas of my life. So as we stay on the topic of prosperity and prosperity equaling wholeness, let's talk about those five areas, the first being family. So when you think about your family or you think of family, you don't really think of prosperity, do you? Unless it's somebody who died and left you a will, left you in the will. But I need you to think of your family as a part of your wholeness, which equals to your prosperity. So I need you to think of your family as a part of your wholeness that equals to your prosperity. So a lot of us come from broken homes. 
A lot of us come from homes where there's only one parent. A lot of us come from homes where we've been abused and all of that. But there's there's two things I want to talk about in this little section of family. One is forgiveness. You see, you can't move forward if you have not forgiven yourself for the things that you've done to yourself and the things that have been done to you. Because remember, I said wholeness. So what happens is that when you are when you are living in a place of unforgiveness, every aspect of your life is affected. Your health is affected. Let me tell you about someone who had much hate in her heart, much unforgiveness in her heart, to the point that she had 21 fibroids, three of them for her mother, three of them for her aunt, and three of them for her uncle. That's me. Because unforgiveness will eat at you in a way that you would have never, ever thought. You wonder why you got migraines. You wonder why your health is not in order. You wonder why these things are happening. I need you to go back and I need you to look and see what's going on with the forgiveness. Who has hurt you that you haven't let go of? Now, understand that when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Because as soon as I said that, I actually, two people popped in my mind. I said, oh, okay, the speaker's on the hot seat tonight. You get to sit there in the audience and listen. But I'm on the hot seat, so I'm about to expose me. Forgiveness is something that has eaten me alive. And it's something that has not allowed me to be whole in areas as a whole. I mean, I I had to go through a lot with my uncle who had beat me, and I allowed myself to – somebody challenged me, actually. Somebody challenged me to forgive him. I said, are you crazy? Didn't you hear what I just said he did to me? Like, really, lady? You're not paying attention. I got a right to be here. And she was like, I'm just challenging you. And before you knew it, I forgave him. And it was like a burden was left lifted off of my heart. I know that somebody in this audience can understand and hear, hear and know what I'm saying. So forgiveness is one of those things that um, affects your wholeness, that affects your prosperity. Because when you're not forgiving people, you're not focused. You think you're focused, but you're really not focused. And that affects your money. That also affects your smile. So, That's one area. The other thing I want to talk about in family is time. Time is so short. It's so precious. Time is the one asset that you have that you can never go back and get. So from this point on, I want you to think about your family. Think about what you can do with your family. Write them notes. Text them every other day. Call them on the phone. Tell them you love them. Send them a card. Spend time with them. You see, the problem right now is that we are in a microwave age, and everything is quick, and everything is fast, and you're sitting at the table, and you're sitting there with someone else. They're on their phone, and so are you. You can't get that time back. I need you to hear that. You can't get the time back. So, We need to go forward and move forward and mending the family. We need to give the family our most valuable asset, and that's the time. I need you to be present when you're with your children. I need you to be present when you're with that person who's talking to you. I need you to be present. I don't need your mind to be somewhere else. I need you to be present because guess what? That moment is gone and it's never coming back. So those are the two things. Those just two little tip tips in the family area that I think that you need to take hold of. Now, everybody will sit here and be like, oh, I don't need forgiveness. Yes, you do. Because somewhere along the line, you defended somebody today. Uh, Let's talk about God. So let's keep that in mind when we think about prosperity, when we think about our wholeness that equals to our prosperity. Now, 
let's talk about faith because I did say that I have five areas that I wanted to tackle that are in this pie because, remember, this pie is cut up into slices. So we talked about the family slice. Now let's talk about the faith slice. The faith slice. Now, everybody who knows me knows that I am a believer of Jesus Christ and no one else. So I want to make that clear. Oh, MG, I totally forgot to give you guys my 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 uh scripture. <laughs> Since we're in the faith department, I'll give you the scripture shortly. Um, so what I want to talk about in the faith. Okay, this is one of the slices in the pie that I want to deal with. It's important and it's key that we have a relationship with God. I'm going to say that again. It's key that we have a relationship with God. Very much key. Very much key. And in order to get to God, we must go through his son. Let's not let's not forget that important detail. So we have to go before God through his son. So the best way to build a relationship with God is through prayer. I'm going to tell you just like this. I need you to understand it doesn't matter where you're at in your life. You know, you go to God where you are, and God will meet you there. So let me tell you a story about a young lady, Kim Sutter, um, how she went to church one day. I went to church one day, and I was then I didn't feel like praising God, and I was just like, oh. And then I said to myself, listen, Kim, it's not about you. It's about God. Give him the praises because you woke up this morning. If you don't give him no praises for nothing else, give him the praises that you woke up this morning. So I began to praise God in the Holy Spirit, you know, because he's the original OG, the original OG. I don't care what these kids out here say. The Holy Spirit is the original OG. He slid up next to me, and he said, yo, why are you tripping? you know he's not the one. So I say that to say that God comes to you, the Holy Spirit will speak to you in the language that he knows you will hear. So as you begin to develop your relationship with God through prayer, and prayer is simply nothing more than a conversation. So don't go there, don't think, you know, I can't go to God. Don't think that you can't go to him because you think that you're not saying, Harley do uh uh whatever they say all those fancy stuff because <laughs> when I when I pray I'm just this straight like okay God you know it's a conversation as you grow in God God will groom you so that you are coming to Him in a certain manner because yes you're supposed to come to God in a certain manner but right now you need you you know when you need God. Everything goes out the window. The heels go out the window. Everything goes out the window. You go straight to him like, listen, Dad, I'm in trouble. I need help. I need guidance. So my thing with the faith is that it's important that we build our relationship with God. Please note that everything that you have is because of God. Everything that you have is because God is it just God? His son died on the cross so you can have this bold right to come to him in prayer and talk to him directly and not have to go through a priest. Come on now. That right there should have freed somebody. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through all these different people. You can go straight to God in the name of Jesus. Simple as that. Okay, so I was just looking at my notes there. Um, With faith and building a relationship with God, just like you build a relationship with your friends, you build a relationship with a mate, there's that trust factor. There's that trust factor. And as you grow in your relationship with God, you will begin to trust him. You will begin to trust them. All you need is to have faith of a mustard seed. Because when the mustard seed is planted, it grows and it takes root. And once you get that, it's like you know <clears throat> you know that your homegirl is going to come through for you. You trust that because she's came through for you. That's the same thing with God. When you trust him and he comes through, he blows your mind. 
I'll never forget. He has he's blown my mind tremendously. Like OMG, I can't even begin to tell you the the the, the stories of how he blew my mind. But that's all because there was that trust. And you're not gonna go out and please understand that when you go out the, when you come out the gate, you're not gonna come out the gate with this tremendous faith and this tremendous trust. You're not. You're not. Because when I came to Christ, all I trusted him with was to get me home. That's wrong right there. (laughs) But that's all I trusted him with. I trusted him to get me home safely. And once he did that, and he did that more than once, I was able to let go of other areas. It's all a process. A relationship, just like the relationship you have with your children, just like the relationship that you've built with your friends, just like the relationship you've built with your mate, it is a process. And this is one of the slices in the pie. This is one of the slices in the pie. So we've covered family, and we talked about forgiveness, and we talked about time. And we've covered the faith pie. Oh, one last thing. When you come to God, you got to give up your will. That ain't easy, and it's an everyday process. But as you begin to study the word and as you begin to pray, God will reveal and give you wisdom to move forward in those areas. Because what he gives you, the gifts that he has in you, he wants to nourish them. Nourish them? He wants to help you to grow up, grow them up. I love love my African sisters. Them grow up, grow them up. He wants to do that, but we're going to have to let go of our will. And I totally get it. I totally get it. Didn't I tell you when I got came out, I first got saved? Listen, all I trusted him was bring me home safely. So what that means is that it's, it's a process. It's a process. So, so you gave up this aspect of your life. Congratulations. He's going to work on you to go for the next one. This is a process, people. It's a process. So this slice of the pie. So we're going to move on to the next slice of the pie, and that would be health. Because, again, I said wholeness is made up like a pie. It has slices, and this is the third slice in it. It's so important that you take care of yourself. I'm going to tell you I'm not that good at it. That's why I'm taking care of myself. But it's important that we do take care of ourselves. That means if you have if you if you if you take medicine, take your medicine. Go to the doctor. Get some exercise in. You know, you don't have to go join a gym. Hey, go get your girlfriend, walk around a walk around your development, walk around your area, just get some exercise in. It'll make your whole body feel better. It'll make your whole body feel better. It's important that we take care of it. We take care of the physical, this temple that God has loaned us. It's important that we take care of it. Lotion up your legs. Don't go outside with your feet looking dusty. Come on now. Stop. Come on. In the summertime, I can't stand that. I'll be dropping to my knees, be like, come over here, sis. Let me rub your feet down with some lotion in my bag. I got this really good lotion, too. I got it from a spa thing. Really good lotion. But anyway, but taking care of yourself in those aspects, making sure you wash your hair, you know, simple things like that, cut your toenails. You sit back and you're laughing. I know that you're laughing. But somebody needs to be told that, taking care of your physical body. Now, the other thing is in health, we need to take care of ourselves mentally. See, because in, in, in the body of Christ, they say, you you go to God, just go to God, just go to God. Listen, you got issues that you need to deal with, you need to go see a therapist. I'm going to be real. The church will tell you, no, just go on and see the pastor. Just go. Mm-hmm. I have belonged to two churches that you can even touch the pastor. You can even touch him. And tier one level was high. So if you need help in your mental thing, if you feel that you're be if you feel that you're depressed, if you feel something overwhelming, if you feel something, ask for help. Ask for help. It's okay to go to a therapist. I went to a therapist and this is no lie. I went to a therapist for years. I went to a therapist because I didn't know how to get rid of my boyfriend. 
when I was in my 30s. I didn't know how to get rid of my boyfriend, so I went to the therapist. And we didn't even deal with the boyfriend. We dealt with everything else. And at the end of me going to this therapist, I literally freed myself from my mother issues to a certain extent because I had joined the project and I needed to write some stuff and the therapist gave me some exercises to work on that helped me to free myself from that aspect that I needed to forgive my mother and all the good stuff. But the thing is, therapy works. Therapy works because you need a safe space. Even if you decide that you want to come together with your girlfriends that you know will hold your secrets sacred and not tell anybody, formulate it. Because the bottom line is this. You think, see, the world thinks that it's the people on the pills that's that's killing people. It's the people on the pills jumping off the roof. It's the, no, those people ain't got no. Those people going pills. They happy? No, it's the man that can't provide for his family because he just got laid off. It's the mother who you know she's on her third child and she's not getting the support that she needs from the family. It's those people who are um, off, mentally off. Those are the people that's going to turn around and shoot up the, the the pharmacies and stuff like that. I know. I know. I suffered with depression for years. I suffered with depression for years because my mother told me that I was ugly. I would never be as beautiful as her. She told me that I would never be as smart as she. Mind you, she never even got a GED. She told me that men were going to dog me. And I took it in. And it took root. And I sat in a therapist's chair having to deal with that. Having to deal with that, having to deal, those who know me know that I'm a caretaker. I sat in in therapy for years because my aunt wouldn't eat my food. <laughs> I know that sounds like totally crazy, but it's true. And the therapist told me to stop cooking. I said, how could I stop cooking? She has to eat. Well, I did and eventually stop cooking, but um, you know, but that was because of a whole nother a whole nother situation. Um, and then she came back and she started to appreciate me a little more. But the bottom line is this: you need to go if you need professional help, get it. I'm the first one to say that. Get it, because mental illness is real, and I'm gonna tell you just like this: the enemy is after you. The enemy is after you. You belong to God. God has a gift in you. The enemy is coming to steal, destroy, and kill. And the best way he can do it is in your mental. You begin to hear those words, those whispers. You can't do that. You can't do that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. No, no, you can't do that. And then you begin to eat it. Eat on it. Mm, mm, mm. You begin to believe them. I believe that men would dog me, and they did. I believe that I wasn't beautiful, and I wasn't. I believe those things. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you what really freed me. What really freed me was two things, going to get therapy and finding in the word of God who I am, finding in the word of God who I am. When the God when the when the word said that I'm more than a conqueror, when the word said that I will triumph in all that I do, when the word told me that I was beautiful, when the world when the um word told me that God loved me so much that he allowed his son to come down here to die so that I may have the blood board right to be able to sit in front of him directly. When I found all these little scriptures in the Bible and I began to believe them, and they began to take root in me, my mental state changed. My mental state changed. But I had to get there. And in order to get there, I had to go to therapy. I ended up getting rid of my therapist for two reasons. One, it was too far. Two, 
she didn't bring a she didn't bring the word into the therapy. At that point I needed word. And she didn't bring the word in. So you got to know what type of therapist you need. That's the other thing. Because I know in New York City, they don't take mental illness seriously. At least to me, they don't. But we're not talking about my thoughts. So we've talked about the slice of family. We've talked about the slice of faith. We've talked about the slice of health. And now we're going to talk about the slice of finance. So this is the this is the part that everybody thinks of when they think of um prosperity. They think of money. That's all they think of. Well, I'm going to tell you this much. Finance plays a huge part in your everyday life. As if you didn't know that. It plays a very huge part of your life. But finance is also the area where you can begin to set stuff aside for the future generations. If you think for one moment that you're not important to the future generation, then you're absolutely wrong because you are vital to the future generation. You are vital. You matter to the future generation. It may not look like that right this moment. Nobody might be not paying you no mind, but you are very vital. Every move that you do, we go back to the slice of family. When you start to spend time with your family members and they see you and you see them, you give them um, food, uh, family recipes, you show them work ethics, you spend time with them and you're present and they know that you're there, you're, you're there that you are their cheerleader, you know. You begin to forgive, forget, begin to forgive. These are all pieces of, your prosperity, but this is also pieces of your finance, which is one of the slides. So for me, when I think of finance, I think about building a legacy. All these areas you're going to build a legacy in, and but finance is one of those areas that you can do and you can teach your family how to do it, and you can use the word of God to help you through it. And thank God you got health so that you can spend your money. So in this area, this is where you begin to build your legacy. What does that what does that look a financial legacy? Let me put it that way, the financial legacy. What does that look like? That looks like you're teaching your family. One, you're learning how to save. First and foremost, you're learning how to save and you're showing your family how to save. There you go showing the next generation how to make and save money. <clears throat> you show them how to, um, whether the savings is through mutual funds, stocks, that's called investing, showing them how to invest, buying property. You know, I'm a big fan of buying property. You want to talk about an investment that never goes bad? I don't give a darn what anybody said out there when it belly up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff went up, belly up, blah, 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 blah. Yes. However, you can still go out there and get yourself a house for $200. What? Yes. You can still go out there and get yourself a house for $2,000. Yes. You can't do it in New York City. Oh. <laughs> But you can do it in different areas of the United States. You can't do it in New York, but you can do it in other places in the United States. So, you know, buying property, that's a part of that's a part of the, the pie. It's the financial part. Making sure that you're secure, making sure your family is secure financially. That's a part of the pie. That is a part of the pie. So I don't really have to spend a whole bunch of time on that because you guys already know that. The audience already knows that finance is important, and it is important to your wholeness. Because nothing is, you know, I ain't even going to go there, but nothing, you know, I'm not even going to go there. But it's one of the slices. And the last slice, which happens to be my favorite slice, happens to be fun. You see, we can, we can spend time with our family. But if we're not having fun doing it, you know what I'm saying? Um, we can we can go to church, we can build a relationship with God, and we can do all these. But if we're not having fun doing it, 
We can be building our health, but if we're not having fun with it, so don't do exercises that you don't like to do. I just have to say that. I'm just saying. Don't do exercises that you don't want to do. And if you're building an empire financially and you're not having fun doing it, that's all I have to say. Fun is that joy. It's that thing that makes you smile. It's the thing that makes you laugh all the time. You know what I'm saying? I love I love doing a deal and learning something from it because I smile. I smile. I'll never forget I was doing a deal, and I wanted to buy a, a lot in Georgia, Gastonia, Georgia. Don't know where that is. I know it's outside of Charlotte. So anyway, I was buying this lot. The lot was $5,000. Look, oh, my God, this is the bomb. Yes, I could throw some trailers on it. It's like, whoa. Come to find out that it was the bomb diggity, not exactly. It was horrible. But I was so excited in the process of learning about, um, oh, God, I forgot the doggone, the survey, when you get your land surveyed and stuff like that, and um, just being able to just understand what was going on. Mind you, I had no clue what that paper said, but I had enough sense to have Somebody that I knew that knew what the paper said, <laughs> tell me what the paper said. And I learned. So I had fun doing it. Have fun when you are out there taking care of your health. Don't do exercises. Don't do exercises you don't like to do. Don't do exercises that feel like exercise. Do exercises that are fun. There's a lady on Periscope, her hula hoops, her way to health. Man, she got a nice waist, too. But that's the that point. She's having fun. I, you know, I don't like running. I prefer to walk. I like handball. No, I like paddleball better than handball. I don't like to do anything that feels like I'm exercising. So I got an exercising bike at my house. Baby, please. That thing got dust on it. Wait a minute. Wait a second. I think that's a jacket on it right now. But <laughs> do things that make you feel good and have fun. Get your girlfriends involved. You know what I'm saying? Have fun. Have fun. So fun is that one thing that I believe is the crust of the pie because I believe that fun should sink into every slice. So we talked about the slices, which is family, faith, health, finance, and fun. Usually with finance, we talk about business, but we're not doing that today. All of that stuff rolls in together. But I need you to understand that prosperity is wholeness. It's wholeness. It's wholeness. It doesn't matter what the world says because the world the world going to tell you a whole bunch of different things that seems to be right, but we know is wrong all day, every day. But the word of God always always tells you the truth, tells you the truth. So I'm going to give you the scripture that I was supposed to open up with. And it goes a little bit like this. (laughs) So it's coming out of Mark, book 8, chapter 3. Oh, sorry about that. Chapter 8. Verse 36, sorry about that, Mark chapter 8, 36. What is it, what does it benefit or profit a man to gain the world but to lose or forfeit his life and his soul? And, And again, the world thinks that prosperity is finance. So this man has gained the world, but he's lost his family. This man has gained the world, but he's lost his health. This man has gained the world, but he's lost his joy. He's lost his smile. He's lost his whole mental capacity. He's maybe even lost his ability to love. What is it? So understand that prosperity is wholeness in every aspect of your life points to prosperity. That's what it really is. That's what it really is. 
Finances are part of it, but it's just an equal slice, just like the rest of them, just like the rest of them. And when you take it out of the pie, when you go scoop it up, because somebody cut the pie and eat that slice, you're not whole. It's not whole. And God wants you to be whole. And God wants you to be whole in every aspect of your life. I need you to believe that. I need you to believe that he wants you whole in every aspect of your life. Think about the aspects of your life that we just talked about. Think about your family. How can you make the relationships in your family better? Think about faith. How can you make your relationship with God better? How can you renew your mind? How can you become a better person? Think about your health. What do you have to do to make your health better? I'm not saying go out tomorrow, throw all the, let's say you're a smoker, throw all the cigarettes out the out the, out the water, throw all this out the, because God, God can snatch that taste out of your mouth. But I'm not saying run out the door and do that. But what I am saying is stop drinking iced tea and drink some water. Now, you know, I just said that, but that really was me. Just so y'all know that, because my toes was hurting because I drank some iced tea today. <laughs> my toes started hurting. So, you know, just small things, drinking water, walking, because a lot of people, you know, in the United States drive. They don't walk. Even those here in New York City, they don't walk. I walk because I ain't got no choice. But <laughs> But think about that. You know, and your finances as a part of your it's a part of your it's a part of the pie. What are you doing? What are you doing today to save for tomorrow? What are you doing today to save for tomorrow? You got an emergency? You need some money. If that car broke down, guess what? You find that money somewhere else. Start saving. And shameless plug, you need to start listening to Behind the Dollar so that you can get some financial tips. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Yes, with Tracy Brown, Tracy Brown. (laughs) And add fun to your life. It's summertime. Go to the beach. Go to the movies. Don't be afraid to do things on your own. Okay, I'm talking to all the people who are single. Don't be afraid to go to the movies by yourself. Don't be afraid to travel by yourself. Don't be afraid to sit down and have dinner by yourself. You don't have to go. You don't You don't need nobody to go with you to movies. You don't. Listen, I'm going to Rome in September, and no one is going with me. Granted, I found a group to go with, but I didn't even know it was a group until I actually signed up. So I didn't even know it was a group until I actually signed up. Don't be afraid to move forward. Don't be afraid to move forward. People who are single that are on this line, whether you have children or you don't have children, expose your children as you move forward. Listen, you got to be whole and you got to make sure those babies is whole. So teach those babies how to be whole so that prosperity is following them. So I think I'm finished, and that scripture was Mark chapter 8. 36, if anybody want to go back and read it, uh, once again, that was, what does it benefit or profit a man to gain the world, however, he has lost his his life and he has forfeit, forfeited his soul? Some people don't believe in hell. But like a famous man I know used to say, die and find out. <laughs> he was so cold. <laughs> He was so cold. If I tell y'all who this is, you'll be like, what? What? I learned about um, prosperity as a whole and you being whole from Pastor Creflo Adama. Some people think he's, oh, he's his prosperity. Yeah, he is all day, every day. But he teaches you it from different aspects of being whole. And finance is only one portion of it. So, ladies and gentlemen, once again, my name is Kim M. Suttoth. I am a legacy strategist. I am a real estate investor. And I am the founder of PIP Women Rock. 
which stands for Passion into Purpose Women, who rock, as we all do. And what we do is we assist women in creating a healthy, conscious relation, uh, legacy. I'm about to say relationship, but that's in there too, but it's actually legacy. I thank you for your time this evening. <laughs>